Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea, Season 2. I'm back. I am so excited to be here with you all. Season 2 has a bunch of A-listers coming at you to spill the tea about what's going on in education this day and age. We have authors, school counselors, teachers, administrators ready to spill the tea on what's important to them that can help you be the best educator you can be. And if you're thinking, spill the tea, have I heard this somewhere? You know who had this name first. This isn't a meeting with parents. This is your favorite podcast on education. Let's dive right into it. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea. Today, I have on my good friend, school counselor, uh, Holly Gileg from the Ed Spire podcast, also a school counselor at Greenwood Elementary. How's it going? Hey, Corey. I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. Well, I'm pumped to have you on. You know, I was thinking coming out of a pandemic right now. Uh, well, I'm going to dive into that in a minute. Look, give me, I'm going to give me a minute. Give your audience a minute to listen to you introduce yourself. I'm sorry. I want to jump right into it because I'm pumped, but I no, want you to introduce yourself. Go ahead. No, I love it. I'm super excited to talk about this this subject as well. So I love that you're, you're pumped for it too. Um, yeah, so I'm a school counselor in uh, Henrico County. I work at Greenwood Elementary School. Um, go Gators. Um, I've been doing that for, I'm going into my ninth year, um, but in addition to that, I have about 13 years of experience working in um, addiction services, uh, mental health and behavioral services. Um, I've worked in the community. I've worked at hospitals. Um, so I just have a lot of experience to, to share on this topic about mental health. And um, so I'm really excited to just kind of share that with you. But um, also, I'm the co-host for Edspire podcast, um, so I'll, uh, we'll link that in the show notes so that you can kind of get a better feel for um, some of the content that and guests that we have on the show. Yeah, you're kind of giving us a little, a little piece as to what you offer with your podcast. It's a great listen, a lot of good episodes that I know you're going to plug about mental health and, and different things. Um, I, I reached out to you recently because I'm noticing in working at summer school, I'm not going to say issues, right? But I'm going to say that students have a lot of baggage. You know, they're coming off a pandemic, being at home. Everyone's situation has been so different. You know, everyone's home looks so different. And now they're coming back into a building. And for me, I don't know that much about mental health. You know, I know that LeBron James went through some stuff when he played for Miami the first time they played the Dallas Mavericks, right? Recently with Simone Biles. And so I'm doing research on my own. And so I was like, I got to get Holly on today to talk about this. So not only to educate me, but educate the listeners out there that don't really know about this. So what, what, what is mental health to you or kind of what's like, what is mental health? Oh, that's a great question, Corey. Um, mental health is to me is health, plain and simple. Um, it's health. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times when we think of mental health, we think of oh, like a psychiatric disorder. Um, you know, mental health encompasses so much more than that, you know, and, and sometimes we'll compare like, okay, physical health, mental health, but mental health, it's not necessarily more important than physical health, but it's just another piece of the health spectrum, mm -hmm. right? Or that health, that health model. And so to me, mental health is health. Um, and, and I think it's really hard when we're dealing with mental health because it's not as cut and dry to diagnose or, or to see as like, maybe like a, like physical health, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't always see when someone's struggling. You can't tell, right? Um, there's no, uh, 
blood work that you can go. Now, I think they're doing some research in that area, but it, it's really, for the average person, it's really hard to kind of tell when someone's struggling. Um, and so I think as people, we, if we can't see it, we don't necessarily believe it mm-hmm. or give it credit. Whereas like something physical, if someone's limping around or has a cast or, you know, um, has like a diagnosis of maybe like diabetes or cancer, it's something that they can see, touch, they can read it. it there's proof. Mm-hmm. Word. So um, I just want to remind people that mental health is health. I love that. I love that. And, and I want to, I want to jump in real quick. Cause I, I, as a PE teacher, you know, you, you, like you said, physical injuries, like a leg injury, a pull muscle, mm-hmm. a broken bone that sometimes people are like, Oh man, he broke his bone playing football. What a tough kid. Right. And you right. can see that injury. And then with mental health, people are, are, are sometimes thinking, Oh, they're so weak, so weak. And it's not that at all. Like you said, it is mental health is health. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point that you bring up because I was, you know, with everything going on with Simone Biles, um, I was looking at someone posted about another gymnast. Um, I cannot remember her name. I'd have to look it up, but it was, I think I'm saying like the eighties. Um, she was famous for, she, she did, a um, she did something on the vault and she sprained her ankle or did something really terrible to her ankle. And then she, um, I'm like kicking myself that I don't have her name, but so her, her coach was like, you got it. So she, she basically in order to like win the gold or, or kind of win for the team, she had to make this, um, this, this movement. Um, and so her coach was like, I really need you to do this again. Can you do this? So there was this pressure for her to oh, wow. get herself back up. I mean, she was in extreme pain. Um, you could tell that she, that, that she had done something really terrible to her ankle, but her she got back up on this this broken I don't know what was wrong with her ankle but Mm -hmm. got back up and did the movement and um and perfected it and she ended up winning for the team and it was just she was applauded for for toughing through it and I think and you could tell when she finished the movement the look on her face and I'll I'll get her name but the look because they have it on on um they recorded it obviously the look on her face was just sheer pain I mean you it in the way she landed, she didn't even, she wasn't even able to land on that angle. And so she was just applauded for like fighting through this, this injury and, and kind of taking one for the team. And it was just, but then she ended up retiring at 15. I mean, she was like a young, young girl. Um, and this injury, you know, was, was debilitating for her. Um, but, but we have this culture of like, tough it out, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and so if we can, so I'm, and I'm even thinking of like folks who mask physical pain to get through things, right? You know, if you have a, um, you know, if you're a performer, like you're an Olympic lifter or you're a soccer player, we mask injuries all the time because we don't want our coaches to think that we can't t- we, that we're not strong enough. Mm-hmm. So if we're if we're doing that in the physical realm of things, we absolutely are doing that all the time with our mental health. I completely Mask. agree. Right. And so that's why it's like, so you talk about the pandemic and I'm sure everyone's sick of that word, but we're coming back and we don't know how everyone has been impacted by what's happened in the last year and a half. We just don't know. And, and so there's going to be a lot of masking. There's going to be shame. There's going to be embarrassment. There's going to be just a lot of maybe unawareness uh, to, the, to the degree of how we've been affected. Like we might not even know yet. You know, so it's going to be really complicated. And I, I can't stress enough that we really just don't know. 
Yeah. And so we're, we're really just going to have to, um, and we can go into how we can kind of tell the signs of, of when to, when something is wrong, but I just want us to know that we, we've all been impacted by this pandemic in very many different ways. Um, in addition to the own, the, the stressors we had before going into the pandemic, right? Oh yeah. Um, so th- that was a long way of saying is, is we just, there might not be the proof um, the way that there is with like a physical injury. Yeah. And, and you bring up the Simone Biles um, recent news and what I heard about it, I haven't done a whole lot of research because summer Academy's ending. I'm starting my new job soon, but I, I've, I thought I heard that she realized that like the weight and the pressure of, and I could be wrong, but the weight and the pressure of everything that was on her, it really hit her when she was like mid spin way up in the air as high as she gets. And that's scary. Like if you throw off your concentration, when you're that high up in the air, performing the moves that she does, I mean, I can't even do a cartwheel, the moves, that <laughs> she, but the moves that she does, yeah, yeah. that, that could have a, a big physical impact on your body if Absolutely. you were to mess up. So I, yeah. I applaud her uh, for, sure. for doing what she's doing, because this might be something that helps us, break this stigma of mental health making you weak. And so I'm really hoping, um, you know, gymnasts, athletes, the average Joe Schmo in the world, whoever can learn mm-hmm. from this and, and change their perspective on it. Well, and I think this is the first that I've been aware, like, because, you know, like we've heard in the past, like celebrities um, kind of having quote unquote mental breakdowns, right? The Britney Spears, mm-hmm. um, for those of you who are old enough to remember that, you know, her kind of shaving her head, you know, or when, when celebrities kind of end up in the hospital for, you know, collapsing or having quote unquote nervous breakdowns or even like addiction issues with addiction. There's a lot of judgment. Everyone has an opinion and they're, Oh, there's something wrong with them. It's, you know, they couldn't hack it or, or they're, they're irresponsible or, or the, the money's getting to them. The lifestyle's getting to them. It's very unsupportive. This is the first time really that there's been like overwhelming support for for what Simone did, Mm -hmm. you know, like for her really being able to kind of step back right at that pivotal point and say like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta put me first. Absolutely. So um, I just have been overwhelmed by, by the support. And of course everyone has something to say, you know, everyone has an opinion about it. Um, But, but yeah, I've been just, really surprised and, and just uh, really glad about the support that she's received because that sets the tone, right? Like you said, this is going to have longer lasting impacts for, for young people as they're, you know, developing and learning how to cope with, with their own health, right? Mm-hmm. Physical and mental health. So. Well, and, and these young gymnasts, even in the Olympics, I mean, these young, some are teens, some are, you know, young adults have the weight of an entire country rooting for them, yeah. you know? And so it, the pressure it's something I've never even faced or could even fathom facing in my life. So I'm just taking her word for it. I'm, I'm trusting what she's doing. And ultimately I want what's best for her health. Cause she has years and years and years in front of her. This is a big moment, a big stage, but her life, she has so much longer to live. And I want her to have that. For sure. And, and I think with athletes in general, you know, just, I think that's a, a group of students that we really have to, find like specific and targeted support in the mental health piece, because I think they are dealing with a lot more pressure. Um, I mean, we're all dealing with different pressures, but I think athletes, especially, um, you know, I think 
kind of educating them and finding like specific resources and supports to target um, how to deal with pressure, how and, and, and beyond just pressure, but like self-identity. You know, yeah. um, I think that's a really important area that we've got to be focusing on um, because a lot of us, especially athletes, you know, when the pandemic hit, we, they couldn't play anymore. Mm-hmm. So if, if their identity is tied into, I am a soccer player, I'm an athlete, what happens when I'm no longer an athlete or I'm no longer to play? What, who am I? What's my purpose? And so I think teaching teenagers and, and kids that self-identity, you know, your identity isn't a soccer player. It's you, you love belonging to something. You, you enjoy physical things. You love strategizing and problem solving. You're competitive. You love fitness. That's so if they can't play soccer, what are other ways that they can express those other aspects of their identity? You yeah. know, getting them to realize that they're not just a soccer player. And so that way, you know, especially with these athletes, if they're competing in high school, then college, well, let's say they don't make it to pro. Then, then you know, I think we're seeing a lot of addiction. We're seeing a lot of other ways for them to cope with the self-identity and, and maybe um, some of the feelings that they have not being a part of that sport anymore yeah i'm with you to look at well and that's a that's a great point about their identity it's something i've never even thought of you know i i to me i I see yeah yeah if you can't do what you normally did really well in your passions before this Mm -hmm. how did you re-identify yourself i guess when that wasn't available and we see, and we see that in like with the pandemic, people lost their jobs, people lost the role changes, you know? So I think that, um, you know, helping people, and I think that's another way to kind of support, I know we're not there yet, but just supporting people and teaching them about their own mental health is helping them kind of develop healthy mindsets and behaviors. And part of that healthy mindset is, is teaching them how to, who they, you know, help develop that sense of self-identity with things that are not fleeting, but more um, stable. Yeah, I'm with you. So when we get into the school building this this fall and, and really even in August, how can we how can we spot or or and I don't even know if I'm saying the right words, but how can we spot teachers and students who might need support or not, not teachers and students? I mean, our entire school family. Yeah. I mean, how can we can we spot or pick up on people that might need support? That's another great, great question. Yeah, I mean, and I'm and I think you know, this is something that we're all, you know, kind of working through and, and how, what do, how do we do this and how do we support um, our kids and our school community. But I think one of the most important things you can do, and I know we say this all the time, and but I can't stress it enough, it's developing relationships. That is the number one way that you can start spotting any type of um, mental health issue or um, any issue like a um, a crisis in the family, any, any stressor, right? Because if you don't have a relationship with that student, or maybe it's not you that has the relationship, you know, we can't, you know, it's nice to think that we can connect and build relationships with every single person in mm-hmm. the school, but that's not, I don't think that's realistic. So if it's not you that is, is making a connection with the student, I think we as educators have a responsibility to get that student connected to another supportive adult in the building. And I would even say adults, like with, you know, plural, Um, because the more positive connections and relationships that they have with caring and loving adults in the, in the building, the more likely someone is going to be able to spot um, an issue. 
And, you know, of course, we're not mind readers and people are really good at masking. But if you have really good connection and relationship with that student and that family and that teacher, right, teachers to teachers, then you're more likely to see behavior changes. You're more likely because some, you know, we we might be meeting these students, you know, for the first time. Um, in August, you know, there's going to be students that, you, you know, you're starting at a new school, you don't mm-hmm. know these students, yet, but I know you and you're going to immediately start developing relationships so that you can keep an eye out for those changes if they arise. And then if it's not you, because you're building relationships with the other students, maybe it's another student, we just went through this over the summer. Um, I'm really connected with our feeder middle school. Um, and it was a peer, uh, it was a friend of one of their students that came to the counselor and said, Hey, I'm worried about my friend. And it's because she had a caring, positive counselor that she felt comfortable getting support so that her friend could get some, get help. And so wow. that's why I know it gives me chills. And that's why relationship building, it can't just be a buzzword. It can't be just a, something we put on our, on our um, school website. It, it, it is so critical. Um, because then you can, like I said, you can spot the changes in behavior. Um, and then consult, 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 you know, teachers talk with other teachers about what's going on in your classroom. Talk to the resource teacher, talk to the art teacher, talk to the librarian, find out, Hey, have you noticed any changes with so-and-so or, Hey, I'm having a hard time reaching, you know, uh, Holly, she's, you know, she doesn't really talk to me, but, and I'm worried Does she have, you know, does she have relationships with people in the building? So ask questions and be curious and consult with each other. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a, it takes know. a village to, to take care of our students. You know, everybody's got to play an important role in developing the entire child. For sure. And, and I would say, you know, for, for school staff, you know, because it's hard for me to give you like a, a, a cut and dry. Okay. Look for this symptom, look for mm-hmm. this. And, and there are, tell signs, right? There are, you know, changes in weight, um, you know, are they acting out? Are they withdrawn? You know, there, there, there are things to look for, but, you know, you don't know what their baseline is, you know, until you really get to know them. And I, and I keep going back to like, just build relationships, be curious about your students, you know, and then with staff. And I think the biggest and most um, important thing that you can do to help your coworkers, your, your the people in your building, is to 100% be familiar with how to access um, employee uh, assistance, your uh, support through your employee assistance program. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that I've personally used. Um, so if a teacher is struggling and they're talking to you, it's not necessarily your job to provide them like therapy or counseling. So if they're going through something that you, you think that, Give, give them the actual number and say, look, this is a number you can call, maybe even call yourself and just say, hey, um, I have questions about how to handle this situation. Is there a number that I can connect this person to? Or, you know, physically write down the number and give it to your coworker and say, this would be a great resource because we get, um, just for Henrico County, we get six free counseling sessions. They are at setting all that up. Literally, when I had to utilize them, um, I just called the number um, and I was able to speak to an actual person, told them a little bit about why I needed the, the services, and they made the appointment for me. They did. I didn't have to fill out any paperwork. I mean, it was great. 
they set everything up. It was that easy. And I got six free sessions. And then when I needed to continue, I was able to, I think you get six sessions each year. Okay. And it's important. And it's important to know that it doesn't, it could be a family issue that you're having. So maybe it's not your issue personally, or that teacher is like coming to you maybe because she's having an issue in their family. Like there was a crisis. She can still use, or she or he can still use those sessions. So I think the best way you can support your coworkers is just knowing what resources are available to them. That's powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm going to get that number and, and have that readily available for for anybody or myself, you know, this upcoming school well, year. Well, and, and that's a great, you know, that's a great thing to talk about back to school week. You know, like, hey, guys, I just want to, I want you to know that, and, it, and really it, it starts with the leadership. If leadership isn't talking about how to take care of our health, mental and physical, you know, and being open about, hey, look, I know this was really hard. Here are some resources here. Here's how to access um, counseling if you need it. Give them some details about like it's free and it's really not it's it's not hard to set up Um, because sometimes we think that it's this whole involved process and it's going to be a headache to set it up. Mm -hmm. So if you people know kind of ahead of time, it's really easy to get set up with counseling. if, if your leader, if the leadership is talking about that, then people know that, okay, well, my leaders are taught, my supervisors are, are being open about this. So if they're being open about it, maybe I can be a little bit more open. But if your, if your supervisors don't feel comfortable talking about it because their supervisors aren't talking about it, then like the, the, your staff at your school don't really get that information. They don't get that sense of transparency and vulnerability. So it really does start from the top down. Yeah, that that's really powerful and something I even think about. I've heard of that um, availability for us, uh, but I, I haven't. I didn't really know too much about it until um, I recently called. And it's it's neat to think about as an admin, we should be having these conversations so that our staff, our family at our school, feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, or at least yeah. know that it's okay to to do something like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, talking about self-care, you know, I know, I know we do a lot of like professional development about what, what self-care, you know, take care of yourself. And, but I I think it's important to help to remember that self-care is more than just like getting a manicure or getting massage or taking a bath or going for a run or or playing with your animal or your kids. Like there is an actual self-care, like model it's there's eight they're like these different domains financial um psychological emotional social environmental um professional there's all these different domains um that are part of self-care and so you're so like with education right now there are like non-negotiables that are that are going to cause us stress right we can't change we can't control all the changes that are going to be happening at school. Mm. The, the, the amount of work on your plate, the, the, the flexibility that you're going to have, like some of these things you really can't control. So what can you control? Let's say your financial situation is not great and, and you want some guidance on that. Maybe that's an area of self-care you need to work on. Maybe it's calling the EAP and getting counseling. Maybe that's your self-care. You know, it, so sometimes it's having to be brave and do things because going to counseling, is, it takes courage to go to counseling. It takes courage to talk to someone about, like, maybe you're in a lot of student loan debt and you feel really stressed about that. So it pours into how you deal with school stress, 
right? Or maybe mm-hmm. you're not feeling feeling satisfied as a, as a teacher or an educator and you want to do something different. So maybe it's connecting with a life coach or, so I guess I'm just saying it's, I think also educating your staff that about the models of, of self-care in the different domains. Um, so that they really can get good quality self-care versus just something that's kind of, for lack of a better word, going to put a bandaid on, on something. Yeah. And I didn't even know about the self-care models. I had to look into that because for me, it would be like you said, oh, I went for a run, so I did some self-care today. Or yeah. I went and played some Frisbee golf and then washed my car. You know, that was good self-care. Right. But which is important. Which is important. For but, sure. But there are other domains. And yeah. That's really neat. I'm going to have to educate myself on that and look into that. Um, so you really strongly said, the, you know, not the best, but one, one positive way to help identify who might need some support in different areas is building relationships. For teachers out there, you know, I know some of my teachers, their first year of teaching was the pandemic school year or their second year of teaching was the the pandemic school year. But that first year got cut short because of everything going on. How how do you all at Greenwood build strong relationships or how how are some do you have some tips and tricks for teachers who who might not be the best at building relationships, what they can do in their classrooms or in the hallways or or whatever to build these relationships? Well, I think being very intentional about like, I don't, I don't think, um, so at Greenwood, um, just because you asked specifically, we have our house system. Mm-hmm. And so that's an intentional program that, that we have designed, that our principal has designed um, to, to pair up people with as many different folks as possible. So for example, we have our five houses and um, that means that that staff and students all belong to a, a different house, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, I'm in house, this might be getting very specific, but I'm in house Tatanka, right? It's the blue house, and it means mm-hmm. trustworthy. So, there are other staff members who are also in Tatanka with me. There are other students who are in Tatanka. They could be in first grade. They can be from all different classrooms. They could be in fifth grade. They can be in, but it's, so I get to interact with kids that maybe are teachers that I might not interact with normally. I mean, I'm the school counselor, so I feel like I interact with everyone. <laughs> let's, say, let's say I'm a teacher, right? On Let's say I'm a fifth grade teacher. I'm in my, my Tatanka house. Um, well, if there's other teachers on other grade levels or other support staff that's also in my house, I get to have a relationship with them when if I wasn't in the same house, I don't know if I'd interact with them as much, right? Because we kind of just stay in our own little bubble. Same with students. You know, I'm a fifth grade teacher. And so I probably am most likely to just kind of interact with my own fifth grade class. Well, now, because I have other first graders in my house, I've got kindergartners in my house, I've got third, fourth, second grade, I'm exposed to a lot more kids that I might not ever meet had they not been in my house. And so it gives, so remember when I talked about building relationships, it can't, Sometimes it's not just you. Like even as the school counselor, there are some kids that it's just, it's harder to make that connection. So I'm going to pair that student. I'm going to consult, right? I'm going to reach out to people and I'm going to be curious about my student. I'm going to try and build connections. So um, I think that would go the same for if you're in a school that doesn't have a house system. You need to have an intentional plan on how you can pair students and staff with other students and staff they might not interact with, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that does make sense. To, you know, and it has to be by design, not by chance. Yeah. You know, so and really getting, yeah. No, no, I was going to say, I, I've, one thing that I'm excited about 
for this upcoming school year is that short pump is starting the first year of the house system. So for me, so for me, I'm looking forward to being a part of a house. And like you said, purposeful is is a key word in this. I'm going to have sixth, seventh, eighth graders that are going to be a part of my team. I'm going to have a school counselor, teachers, staff members, faculty members, all a part of our team or our house or our family. So um, I'm looking forward to coming in year one and having, having those walls already torn down. Like it's forcing me, Hey, you have to meet all these people. And so I'm really excited to to come into that situation. Corey, that's like the best news (laughs) that I'm going to hear all day. No, but, but I love it. And it it also goes back to that self-identity piece. Yeah. Because belonging to a house, belonging to something, that's a huge word. That's a, it's not, I don't even want to call it a word because it's more than that. To belong, that sense of belonging, I cannot, you can't underestimate the power of, of belonging to something. We are human beings. We are meant to be in groups and to interact with each other. And that doesn't, you know, my, my introverted friends, introverts still want to belong. They still want to interact yeah. with people, right? You know, so I, I think being intentional and purposeful about that as a leadership team coming together and identifying who are your new teachers, who are, and, and not just new teachers, but who were new teachers two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. You're right. They did not have, um, we have a um, new school counselor, we, right? We got two school counselors and right goes awesome. They got us extra counselors. Um, so I have a new school counselor who's going to be my co-counselor and she's not brand new. She's been teaching or school, a uh, school counselor for two years, but during a pandemic, yeah. So it's just, you know, it's going to be a little different. She's a, she's a rock star. I love her. Um, but there are going to be some realities that we're going to have to kind of deal with um, because it isn't like she's had two years of a typical experience. So identifying those teachers, those students that maybe struggled during you know the pandemic or even before the pandemic, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and again, just being really intentional. But I love that you're doing the house system. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, I'm excited. And it, it, it's, it's going to be a a good time. I don't know. I know a little bit about it, you know, following y'all's journey on Twitter and, and being a fan of Harry Potter, but like, I'm really pumped to kind of see what it does for an entire school community. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. You, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. So let's, I would hate to um, not have you on and let you talk a little bit about Ed Spire podcast. Um, yeah. I'm, I've been a fan. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and so, yeah, are there some episodes that you want to give shout outs to or, or if someone's like, yeah. hey, I want to check Ed Spire out, you know, what two or three episodes should I start with to kind of get the gist of the show? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, we have about uh, I think a handful of episodes. I would start with um, Carrie Rhodes. Um, did She's a school counselor here in Henrico. She's a, a mom. She is a licensed um, uh, marriage and family therapist. She's a licensed professional counselor. Um, and she has been, I won't tell her story. I'll let you listen to the episode. It's one of my, my favorites. Um, but she, um, is an advocate and just game changer fire starter, um, when it comes to advocating for, um, um, how addiction and substance use, um, disorder affects teenagers. Um, you know, she's, she's working really hard about educating, um, and stopping the use of like opioids, and painkillers, you know, painkillers when they're mm-hmm. not necessary. And, and just um, her mission is to reduce the number of overdose um, 
uh, due to um, like opioids and, and drugs. And so she is just, I'm not even doing it justice. She's amazing, <laughs> but she, she has been, um, she has a story that I'll, um, that I will let her share, but um, she has been very much impacted by what opioids can do and, and substance use disorders. And so I would start with that one. It's Carrie Rhodes. Um, and then um, there's, and I'll link all of these or I'll, I'll send these to you so you can link them. Perfect. There's one, um, Shirley Ramsey. She's also, she's a retired school counselor, but she is an advocate and pioneer um, for suicide prevention and awareness. Um, again, she has, I won't tell her story, but also very much impacted by suicide um, and how that relates specifically to teens. And so, and same with Carrie's episode, all of this is perfect for like middle school, high school um, parents and staff. These are going to be episodes perfect for both um, of parts of your audience. And then um, we've got something um, on, it was uh, from the CKG Foundation talking about just teenage depression and anxiety. And then we have, um, we have the Holistic Life Foundation on to talk about mindfulness, um, especially in like underserved schools. And then um, we just recently had Annette Zapp on talking about like self-care and trauma and really kind of what I was talking about before, like what is true self-care? Um, and then we are getting ready to bring, um, uh, she's a pharmacist. I won't give too much away, but we're going to release that hopefully before school starts. But um, she's a pharmacist who works in a methadone clinic. And so I was talking to her because, and this is really helpful for your middle school and high school population, Corey. Um, she was telling me, I was telling her about Carrie's episode about like opioids and addiction. And mm -hmm. she said the biggest thing, and I want your audience to hear this loud and clear. The, the thing to watch out for right now is fentanyl. It's a synthetic opioid. And she said that um, what's, first of all, it's a hundred times more powerful than morphine. And what happens is a lot of people are, they're cutting, they're adding it to heroin and other types of drugs because it's so cheap to make. It's, it's very cheap. Okay. And, but what happens is it's more powerful than morphine. So it, it just takes a very small, small dose for someone to, to overdose and die. And so fentanyl is involved in over 59% of all drug, all overdose, all deaths related to overdose. And so she's going to come on and she's seeing a lot more issues with fentanyl and kids getting access to like um, dying from overdoses due to fentanyl in middle school and in high school. So she is going to talk about that and give parents and staff um, everything that they need to know about fentanyl and, and just what they need to do to, to look out for it and educate their own kids. Wow. So really excited about those. So just a lot of good stuff. And um, I highly recommend you checking out just the Carrie and Shirley episodes. Those are the ones I would start with. And then, you know, the other episodes that I, um, I could talk all day about it. I'm just yeah. so pumped about it. These episodes are just really special to, to me and, and my co-host, Danny. Um, so, so yeah, I'll leave it at that. But I'm just really excited about spreading as much awareness and information as we can. Well, and I know as a former PE teacher um, at the high school level, during our like opioid unit, you know, we, we, we speak about these things. So even, you know, health and PE okay. teachers and, and other, you know, teachers, if yes. you're, if you're bringing that content into your classroom, what perfect way, then pick a snippet of one of your episodes and let the students listen to it and hear it from an expert, hear it from someone oh, yeah. other than the teacher in front of them. That's, that's a really good idea. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Ta and that's the thing. I mean, I don't want anyone talking you, you don't have to be the expert. Like, I'm not the expert. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so 
my job is to bring in as many people like to bring in the experts right so even with teaching if there's a topic that you do want to to discuss with your middle school high schoolers but you don't feel confident first of all reach out to your school counselor always 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 reach out to your school counselor and say hey look i have this idea if they can't help you or they don't feel caught, they're, they're going to be able to put you in, in contact with someone or they're going to be able to give you ideas so that you as a teacher can support your kids on matters that you think are, are critical to, to teenagers, right? It's great to teach math, science, and all these academic subjects. Yep. And I get that that's, that's, and that's what you're trained in as teachers. Like that's your, you're not, you know, mental health experts, like, right. But So how do you, but you also realize that this issue is super impactful to them, right? We talk about look up teen suicide rates. Like this is, you know, talk about a pandemic. This is real teen suicide rates. Like that's like the second leading cause of death, you know, is them, um, you know, death by suicide. So these important, these issues are important. And so if you don't feel comfortable having those conversations, yeah, put on something, you know, where they have experts talking and then have a discussion about it or bring in someone who is comfortable talking about it, but get that information to your kids and the families. Absolutely. And and like you said, not only kids, but families as well. You got to educate your entire school community, especially on these topics. Yeah. And if staff isn't aware of it, you know, because I think it's, you know, as educators, we're like, it's like we're, we're kind of in this place. I don't, I'm sure other teachers feel this way, but sometimes I'm like, do I have to be responsible for knowing all the things? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I went to, you know, I went to school to teach math. Why do I need to know all these things? And, you know, I, that's a, that's a slippery slope. I get it. But like we work with children and families and we, we hopefully went into this profession to make a difference and, and make an impact. And yes, it's important to teach academic subjects, but we all recognize that, we're working with whole people and, and going back to like physical versus mental health. It's all connected. It's, it's all health. It's yep. all part of the child. It's part of the human, right? That's our humanness. Um, so, and, and that's why, again, you know, going back to consult, 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 it doesn't have to just be on you. Absolutely. Like you said, it takes a village, right? It takes it, a hundred percent it, it, it does. And um, I'm going to give the listeners out there, you know, Ed Spire uh, with Holly and Danny, Definitely must follow, listen, rate and review and give them a shot because it is it is one that will educate you, especially me, who knows not a lot on the subjects that you bring to the table, but things that I at least want to educate myself on. So I'm a huge listener and I love it to death. Thank you, Corey. Um, so, yeah, as we wrap up today, um, are you super excited for the school year? What, what are some things you're pumped for or, or what, how are you feeling getting ready uh, for school to start? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm just so excited to see, you know, I work at the elementary level, so I call them my babies. I'm excited to see my, my babies, um, you know, just to see how much they've grown over the summer, um, you know, and just get back into the routine. Um, for school counselors, I'm really excited because we get to do more teaching um, this year. You know, Henrico County, like I said, they um, we have an additional school counselor. So it's more support and love for students and families and staff. So we get to be in the classroom a lot more. We get to teach more lessons. And um, so that makes me excited because it means the more opportunities that I get to work with my students and see my students to teach them about like healthy mindsets and behaviors, the better off they're going to be, the more supported they're going to feel. So I'm really excited to do some more teaching. 
um, again, we're getting another counselor. So just really excited to, to work with her. And again, we're, um, you know, we're also, you know, like I said, we do the health system. So just leveling that up and seeing how we can make that even um, better, making more of an impact than we already do. Um, so just lots to be excited for. Awesome. Great year. Well, good luck this what year. And oh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, what to, are you excited about? I'm excited to, to just meet, you know, my new family. I, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss me. Shout out to all my Verina family members. I'm going to miss them to death. I look forward to following their journey and keeping up with them on social media. Uh, but I'm excited to meet a, an entire new school community. You know, I, I started my time out at Tuckahoe middle school. And when I went to Verina, I was, I really enjoyed like learning a new culture, learning a new traditions, learning everything new. And so now that I'm going to a new place, I'm really pumped to kind of immerse myself in this new culture. And then, really anything that I can bring to the table, things that I enjoy doing, things that I'm passionate about, if that helps enhance the learning experience and the school culture for the students and staff, I'm pumped to, to roll my sleeves up and, and get dirty. You know, it, it's, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to close out Summer Academy, uh, get a month's worth of prep in August, and just be ready for that first week to bring kids back into a building and, and give them, basically pour everything I got into every one of them yeah. and just just kill it. Just have a great school year. Yeah. And I, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't know when this will get released, but I would say, you know, for, for our staff getting ready to, to start, I mean, the big, giving yourself grace and mercy, you know, this, this has been a year and a half. That's just been unprecedented. It's, it's been just bonkers. Um, so if you are truly dealing with something, if you're going through something um, and you feel like counseling would be beneficial please, please, please just call and make, go to the first appointment. It's an intake session. Um, just, you can call a hotline. I've called hotlines before, you know, just because I didn't know, even as a, as a school counselor, sometimes if you're in the middle of something, mm -hmm. you're, you know, that you're not that higher, that reasoning part of your brain, that prefrontal cortex part of your brain isn't always functioning. So you're not able to problem solve like you normally would. So sometimes calling a hotline and just saying, what, what's the first step? And then they can tell you, here's the first step. Here you go. And then you take the first step and then it's the second. So I would just for your listeners, if you are personally kind of dealing with something, no matter what it is, financial, family, um, feelings about coming back from safety, whatever it is, don't be afraid to just reach out and, and, and find out what the first step might be. For getting some support, reach out to me, reach out to your school counselor, call a hotline. I, I can plug something in um, during the show notes, um, but call EAP, but you don't have to just deal with it and put in and put on a face, right? Mental yeah. health is health, you know? And so if, so before we start school, if this is something that you feel like you want to try out, start today. I love it. Start today. Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea, Season 2. I'm back. I am so excited to be here with you all. Season 2 has a bunch of A-listers coming at you to spill the tea about what's going on in education this day and age. We have authors, school counselors, teachers, administrators ready to spill the tea on what's important to them that can help you be the best educator you can be. And if you're thinking, spill the tea, have I heard this somewhere? You know who had this name first. This isn't a meeting with parents. This is your favorite podcast on education. Let's dive right into 